I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Yesterday, David, my husband, sent me a link to an op-ed piece by Ben Stein uh, on CBS Sunday Morning Commentary. The White House apparently has decided that Christmas trees are no longer Christmas trees. They are holiday trees. And Stein is up in arms. I am a Jew, he says, and every single one of my ancestors was Jewish. And it does not bother me even a little bit when people call those beautiful, lit-up, bejeweled trees Christmas trees. I have no idea, he goes on, where the concept came from that America is an explicitly atheist country. I can't find it in the Constitution, and I don't like it being shoved down my throat. It's a fun article. Uh, it's spreading fast on Facebook, and you might want to check it out. The point for our purposes is that we are in a time much like Peter's. We tend now to find Jesus hard to take. We find God's word hard to take, law and gospel both, the conviction of sin, the news of redemption, good tidings of great joy, the sovereignty of the poor ones, the obedience of faith. We find God's word hard to take and many have gone away. Do you too wish to go away? Jesus asks his disciples. And Peter gives the only answer there is. Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Why am I a Christian still? Why do I stay with Jesus? Why do we stay with Jesus when all around us people go away? It is actually, of course, that Jesus stays with me, but that is for later. Like Peter, but much more so, I stay only imperfectly and wonder often if I am following at all. But Peter speaks today to my heart because I hear in his words something of my own discovery over a lifetime of being Christian, the long, slow dawning of joy. It's not just that Peter has come to believe that Jesus is God's Holy One, though it is that. It's the realization that there is nowhere else in the world to go. Jesus, this Holy One, is the true center of life. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This season of Advent is so full of hope. People look east, the Advent hymn begins. People look east because a star is born. Look to the manger of all places and see there the mystery of God's love. The heart of God, born now upon earth, cradled by Mary, walking and teaching and healing and dying among us. 
Strange power of God that takes the form of a child. Strange hope that takes the form of a cross. People look east. The time is near. People look east for hope is near. The life of God even now touching the earth. Our life healed and made whole, taken up into the life of God. Lord, where shall we go? You are the word of life. It's not that I always know this, that we as a church always know this. Witness the struggles of the church and of each one of us to do what is true and humble, to stand in the light of the Christ. It's not that we are particularly good at being Christian. It's rather that Christ stands. The word stands at the center of the whirling world, cross-shaped at the center of all things. Christ stands, and so the world may be beautiful. Still is the unspoken word, the word unheard, the word without a word, the word within the world and for the world. That's T.S. Eliot. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. This is a hope we need in the darkening days of the year, in the face of war and rumors of war, as Christians die in Syria, as ISIS practices its casual brutality and Canada promises airstrikes, as our church continues to tear itself apart, hope for the beauty of the earth when there is so much harm that is done. And it is hope we are given in Christ, and we are given it now in his body given for us, in his blood poured out. It is so concrete, this faith of ours, so real. For my flesh is true bread, and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Trogo, Jesus says in John's Gospel, not just eat, but chew on, munch, like cattle chewing their cud. It's as graphic a word as you could possibly find to describe eating the bread. This is real bread Jesus is talking about, real food, the real body of Christ. Jesus does not come to us in our embattled, our lost, and lovely world, like an avenging angel or an angel of grace, beautiful and terrible above the fray. He comes in the flesh, God with us, and it is in the flesh that he saves us. People look east and sing today. Love the guest is on the way. At our table, Christ is present in these everyday things, bread and wine, the word that we read, the hand that we offer. 
The love of God to save and to make new is given in the things of this world, touched by Christ, and by him made true. Where shall we go, Lord? For you are in the midst of us, and we are in you made new. Why am I Christian? Because I can do no other. Because Christ seizes my heart in these things, these moments, the Bible so full of power, these hymns that we sing, the long faith of the church rising on our voices to God, the light that shines through the stained glass, Giotto's weeping angels, Chimabue's crucified Christ, somehow more beautiful for the damage that time and floods have done to the painting. Christ seizes my heart and gives me back the world. Jesus comes to us in the flesh, and it is our flesh that he touches. And so the world may be beautiful again, the place of God's good presence. I have found in this faith of ours an abiding and unexpected joy, behind and before and through all things, the light of Christ and a world made new, in word and in prayer and in song, in bread and wine, in these people whom he so loves. Christ lays hold of my heart and he will not let me go.